0: You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. Featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is Served.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Justice is Served, where we bring you the latest in legal trending news on a weekly basis here on Black Hollywood Live. My name is Sarah Azari. I'm a criminal defense attorney and one of your three hosts here on the show, joined today by my co-host, Attorney Chelsea Galicia. Hi, Chelsea. Hi there. Hi there. All right, so. um, I should mention good luck, Mari. Our third co host is Talking the Bar, yes. Um, Before. I just, want, I just want to ask our viewers to stay with us through the show. Uh, we're going to kick off the show with the Josh Duggar sex scandal and what justice really means in that case. Um, and then we're going to follow through with, on the docket, indictment of all six Baltimore police officers who are responsible for the death of Freddie Gray. And what, if anything, did Bill Cosby say in response to the 30-plus allegations of drugging and sexual assault by a whole slew of women? And finally, the quadruple- man- murder in Washington D.C. So please stay with us. We're going to start with our case of the week. Twenty-seven-year-old Josh Duggar, who is the eldest son of the nineteen kids and counting hit reality TV show on TLC, has come forward and um, admitted to allegations of child molest- molestation that were printed by InTouch Magazine last week. Apparently, InTouch Magazine had gotten a hold of an old police report from 2006 from Springfield, Arkansas, and um, and there were it was a very detailed investigation that occurred just before Christmas of 2006 where um the Springfield Arkansas police uh spoke to actually uh, pretty much all of the the kids and the family apparently some of these victims were his sisters and some were i I don't know if they were cousins or relatives but they were definitely related to him and um interestingly how this police report even got to the attention of the police was because in 2006 Oprah was going to have the family on her show, and somebody who had gotten a hold of a letter inside a book, um, basically um, laying out what these accusations were and these incidents were, um, emailed Harpo, which is Oprah's production company, and alerted them to the the fact that you know Josh Duggar had done these very bad things to his, his little sisters, um, back in 2002 and 2003. And so obviously Oprah didn't, Oprah canceled that edition or canceled their interview. And then the police started investigating this. And the, however, the statute of limitations had run. And in fact, at some point, Josh Duggar was supposed to go in and talk to the police and his dad lawyered up and never produced him to speak to the police. Now, Chelsea, there's a lot of, um, issues surrounding this that um, we're going to definitely try to cover because it's very interesting. Um, The allegations in the police... Were extremely detailed. Um, and his response, Josh's response the next day were, um, I acted inexcusably when I was a teenager at the time he was 14 and I'm extremely sorry for that. And I deeply regret it. But my, my parents sent me and the victims to counseling and it's sort of like everything's behind us. Everything's good. I turn to God. I love Christ and that's justice essentially in, in within this family, it appears. Um, the parents, apparently, in uh, 2002, the first time Jim Bob found out about it, Jim Bob um, told him that, you know, you dis- disciplined him, whatever that means, and then um, and then he did it again, and I guess one of the kids came to the parents and told them that, you know, their vagina and their breasts had been touched while they were asleep, and this the second time, Jim Bob meets with church elders and reportedly sends um, Josh to... Uh, uh, like a a treatment program. Um, And, you know, although they say that it involved hard labor and counseling, his own mother later uh, came forward and said, actually... It was not really, uh, um, hard labor. He went to a relative to help him with home remodel, or home remodeling business. Yeah,
2: I read that too. And then I also read that he actually did get sent to some place called basic life principles.
1: Okay. And there's issues with basic life principles. Like the, the
2: founder, uh, resigned yeah. in 2014 under a cloud of suspicion of, what is it,
1: sexually grooming and harassing young women in his ministry. Right. And, and he actually, the basic life principles, um, the, the founder left last year, but his brother, um, was forced out after affairs with a bunch of secretaries at this organization um, you know this was somewhere where the family was volunteering anyway so how much of um, hard labor is that I mean isn't this sort of like okay we're just kind of going through the motions and slapping our son on the wrist kind of thing it's definitely it doesn't amount to what discipline the justice system would give someone you know under these circumstances but Chelsea the, the at the time um, when Josh came back from this you know uh purported counseling program or treatment program, Jim Bob takes him to the state trooper who is law enforcement and the state trooper says, Oh, wait a minute. Um, you already took him to counseling. So you've done everything you're supposed to do Look, closed case, but don't you ever son do that again? Because if you do that again, this is what's going to happen to you. That state trooper is serving a 56 year sentence for child pornography. So what do you think about the fact that this, um, mandatory court reporter failed to bring this to the attention of authorities. I think it should stop the statute of
2: limitations. And even the, this guy, his name is Joseph Hutchins, who is sitting in, in in jail. First, he went to jail for child porn for like four years. Then mm-hmm. he got out. And then he started distributing it, or they found mm-hmm. out that he had been distributing it, so they sent him back for another 50 years. Mm-hmm. And he says that Jim Bob lied to him and said that it only happened one time with one victim and that he didn't know that there were actually five or more. Mm-hmm. But that he does now regret that he didn't... Uh, tell somebody else so that more could have been done. But still, what his regret is not the issue here. It's what is the implication on law enforcement when somebody in the department doesn't do what they're legally mandated right. to do. They're
1: mandatory court reporters, so even if the state trooper is not uh, does not have jurisdiction over the investigation, he does have the duty to go to Springfield Police where this happened and let them know so they can investigate. In 2003, the statute was alive and well, and even if it was. One act with one victim. That's enough. It's, it's enough. Still illegal. <laughs> it's still illegal. It's still child molestation. And guess what? My clients get put behind bars for it. Why? Why is he getting to walk? Right? Well, yeah. I mean, this is what
2: I think more of the controversy is about. Is about why is this guy? Nothing's happened to him at all. Everything's going to be a okay. But there are some people that are seriously pissed, and I agree. I'm not sure if you heard what Montel Williams uh, has said over social media. Just really tearing into Josh and the rest of the Duggar mm-hmm. family for being hypocrites for I mean it seems to me that they're enjoying some, some really nice you know uh, white privilege for you know I mean I don't know if this would be any different if um, if that officer uh, was white and this family black and would that officer have gone to the authorities like he was supposed to anyway mm-hmm. uh, is the American public outraged oh, enough. Oh, I see
1: what you're saying. I I, I thought of that too. You're, you're talking about I, I thought, I've never been to Springfield, Arkansas but my thought is it's a you know, small little white boy club where, the, you know Jim Bob, I guess, had a Car dealership and was friends with this Arkansas um, state trooper. Definitely, there's some we got each other's back white boy thing going on here. Definitely Not cool, right? And so I think that the
2: outrage, I mean, is very deserved. I'm and mm-hmm. and people like Mike Huckabee are mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, he sh- for, deserves forgiveness." Well, first, I think he should also apologize to the mm-hmm. people that he. Uh, has been so judgmental towards. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the other part of this story mm-hmm. is that not only has he done something so egregious, but at the same time, he and his family are on this r- rampage against the uh,
1: lesbian, gay, transgendered mm-hmm. community and abortion, anti-abortion, and right. you so, know, you nineteen know, kids in this family. They're like as many as you need to have. Just pop them out, you
2: know, <laughs> even I mean, if they turn out to be dangerous. Well, right. I, I, I just, I, I just think that if Josh ever wants to be left alone that he should because he, i'm sure he wants to be forgiven and that's right. what everybody that is in support of him is saying is he needs to be forgiven he needs to be forgiven well, why don't you guys forgive everybody for what you think are their sins and then right. leave
1: everybody else alone the hypocrisy is great and i think you know i don't want to get into a whole religious talk here but you know this sort of uh, fanatic uh, i think they're evangelists um christian sort of thing and and, and not to you know rule out the Christian religion, and I think any religion when you get to be so fanatic and so crazy about these sort of morals that you've <laughs> written into this book um it, there's problems that come up, and the Mike Huckabee thing you know he he mentioned that um. You know that that they're, they may have been inex- inexcusable or or regrettable or even disgusting, but they're not unforgivable, and I'm cool with that. So long as that same forgiveness applies to you know Everyone. the liberals and Democrats as opposed to the conservatives and the Republicans, then we're good. We're good. Um, so you know, I think I think uh, you know the, the political aspect. of This is also huge because this family has has endorsed a lot of politicians, a yeah. lot of conservative causes, and so what. what What does this now say about them? Um, Some of the things that I thought of Chelsea as I was, you know, reading more about this was, um, you know, the the one of the victims petitioned the court to destroy the police records. And the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, when when um, certain crimes can be expunged if they're misdemeanors or low level felonies and and the person's done everything they're supposed to do. But in California, at least to expunge and destroy an arrest record. This is not even an arrest record. It's an internal investigative report, okay? You need to prove factual innocence, which is a huge hurdle that most people cannot meet. Um, And here, uh, by motion of one of the sisters or one of the kids um, who tells the judge, you know, we just you know, we found God, we want to put this behind us, This we don't want this to be brought up, please destroy this, and the judge signs off on it, and the police destroy it. To me, it's incredible, and I have to wonder, um, Chelsea, whether, um, you know, sometimes there's family secrets that are so huge that you'd rather pretend that the big pink elephant in the middle of the room just simply does not exist, like they don't happen. And my question to you is, do you think that these victims truly... Uh, forgave him and and have healed from this very damaging, you know, event that is highly punishable by the law for that reason um, because of their faith? Or is this some kind of a family secret where they've all sort of ganged up and decided, doesn't matter what we're gonna pre- we're just gonna destroy it put it behind us yeah, yeah. what do you
2: think I think but the, the level of which these people are so turning their attention towards other people you did this and you're bad for that
1: mm-hmm.
2: is a sign of people who have not dealt with things within themselves mm-hmm. so I the, the, the louder and stronger that somebody's trying to point the attention elsewhere mm-hmm. it to other people and other problems just means that they are, are hiding them something themselves and haven't um haven't forgiven because if you, if they have fully processed, they got all the help, all the healing mm-hmm. and have truly processed this. I don't think that this family would be so, um, s- such strong advocates of hate
1: towards other people, other groups and other beliefs. Yeah. yeah. And what about, um, you know, this, the, the, the fact that, okay, you know, I, 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 as, as a defense lawyer, I put my, Self in the position of someone defending Josh, and I'd say, okay, my client's 27 years old, he has his own family today, um, he's he's a political lobbyist, Thank irrespective, God, not anymore. <laughs> irrespective of what his beliefs are, but you know, he's done well for himself in his adult life. At that time, he was 14, it was 12 years ago, or f- uh, 13 years ago. Um, it, it's not relevant to who Josh Duggar is today. I mean, what do you think about that argument, that it's unfair to use it against him? Well, but these people are like you have to take responsibility for who you are and what you
2: do, and you will be judged. And you are wrong. And this is why, even though legally we can't do anything about this, the statute of limitations has run on him. The statute of limitations has run on the dad mm-hmm. for not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Legally, everyone's hands are, are are tied. But now, the only thing that the public can do is, uh, I think, appropriately shame. Him and uh, it's caused advertisers to pull out of the of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is relevant to who somebody is. When, like I said, they are out there advocating essentially for hatred mm-hmm. and are essentially inspiring other people because to it's bully so anti people.
1: who he puts themselves who the family puts themselves out to be. So that's why we, but, I know that it is still a part of who. And he also is. from a legal perspective, I find it unfair. I, I think that you know somebody who um, you know it, it, Josh Duggar had he been brought to justice. Um, very well may have been a registered sex offender for the rest of his life okay and um and there are so many people on that list online who have done really minor things like you know pat on the butt for instance i mean not not the full-on fondling and that sort of behavior and and they've had to plead because of the state of the evidence and forever they're on that list and their zip code, their address, everything comes up, they can't get a job, they can't have, they can't be in a good neighborhood, they can't have a, a birthday party for their children, and this guy, five incidents, or at least five victims, I don't know how many incidents with each of them, and, you know, and and I, I find it just legally unfair as well, and I think, you know, um, there's a message sent also from a legal perspective in this case that um I think the statute of limitation is it might be the uh, alleged sex offender's best friend uh, you know if you run out of the clock you know, if you run out of the clock you're home free essentially that's that's what it means to some people but in California um we have a 10 year statute of limitations for child molestation um violations of the child molestation statutes and so and if you're victim if you're victim under 14 years of age um it's it's 10 years but then if you're between 14 and 18 it's 3 years except except it's still 10 years if the perpetrator was at least 10 years older than you. So, I mean, we've got... For the most part, let's say it's 10 years. I mean, we've got a pretty long stat. And that's because a lot of times people don't feel comfortable, um, to tell their parents, hey, my brother did this to me. My uncle did this to me or mom, my stepdad did this to me because this does happen a lot within families. My last question, Chelsea, for you was that, um, you know, TLC has been, has been presented with two options essentially to pull the show or to pull Josh out of the show. And they've already taken the show down for now. But a lot of the advertisers, like you said, like General um, General Mills and all that, they've take they've pulled their advertising. And so um, the reason this show ended up becoming a hit was because Honey Boo Boo was taken off the air because uh, Mama June was seen with somebody purported to be a child molester had, uh, molested her own daughter molested her own daughter so, yeah. they, so mama june's pissed off <laughs> she's saying wait a minute how come our show got pulled and you're debating whether this show should, show should get pulled of course it should get pulled and so my question is is do you think that it's sufficient middle ground to pull josh out because josh doesn't seem to be a big role in this show anyway
2: the crimes of the parents are almost as bad as the crimes of josh <laughs> good point yeah so right. can you take the parents out too right uh, just, uh, this show has given... And maybe
1: even the girls who are now covering up and saying, we're all good, let's just put it behind us. Yeah,
2: no. I mean, I, I'm not so like So you I, think
1: it's like the whole thing sending a wrong message and... Yeah,
2: absolutely. I And I hope that Josh Duggar now, since he's resigned from his family research council garbage will now advocate for a law that when law enforcement doesn't do their duty and report a crime that uh, the the statute of limitations is told told, yeah yeah and maybe he should spend his time helping victims of incest Mm -hmm. and child molestation rather than telling other people how they should live their lives the end All right, so now moving on to On the Docket, I'm going to turn it over to Chelsea. Cool. So should we talk about another statute of limitations uh, situation? Mr. Bill Cosby has also found a friend (laughs) in the statute of limitations. um, And he now has finally, sort of, kind of, come out with a statement about the allegations that have been brought against him. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you have the quote? Oh, yes. Um, So what happened was he showed up in Alabama... For an educational um, speech to a group of youngsters, college kids, I think. And uh, the question on ABC on this exclusive interview was, how will you respond to these young students who might come up to you and ask you about these allegations that they're hearing all over the news? And Cosby's response was, you know, various things. (laughs) They'll say, well, are you a hypocrite? You say one thing, you say another. Then he says, my point is okay. Listen to me carefully. I'm telling you where the road is out. I'm telling you where, as you drive, you're going to go into the water. Now, you want to go here or you want to be concerned about who's giving you the message? And then also, he says, it's interesting. When I talk to people, they will say this is a situation that's unprecedented. I, my family, my friends, I have been in this business for 52 years. I've never seen anything like this. And reality is the situation, and I can't speak. <laughs> Sorry. What does that mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so I, I I've taken I have two things to so do interpretations. I. <laughs> okay, so basically that second thing about I've never seen anything like this. He's maybe, right, <laughs> great, and that doesn't mean that you didn't do it. The other part, though, they call that a protest as opposed to a um, denial. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, um, fine. The mm-hmm. the other answer, the one that he first gave about the the road and trying mm-hmm. to. He's a little bit right about, and what I think he's saying is, listen, I have, you know, a message to share, my experience, uh, what I've seen in this world, what what I think people can do mm-hmm. to improve their lives or live the best lives that they can, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm here to tell people about, you mm-hmm. know, and if you don't, you're going to, you can, you know, drive off the road into water, meaning you can take the wrong road, you basically. can get yourself in trouble, mm-hmm. so I'm here to tell you, you know, how I think you can best live you know the life that uh, that you probably want to live and enjoy and all that or you can just pick on me for something i did wrong even though i am probably right about this advice that i'm giving you mm-hmm. just because now there's um you know some people that don't like who he is as a mm-hmm. person and there's some uh credibility that's been destroyed in him as Mm -hmm. the messenger and i think that we could still listen to bill cosby's advice if you want not that you have to and separate that from the man who is giving the advice whereas most people only listen to advice if the person has credibility right but sometimes there are people saying correct things who have zero credibility so i think that's where he's going with that Mm -hmm. but he again he doesn't say you know i think my you know my credibility should remain intact i've never been uh charged with anything i deny these i mean he he won't let those words come out of his mouth i find
1: it interesting you know i and and um that's one of the things i was going to say as well that the that he's protesting somebody that um feels strongly about not having done what he's alleged to have done um It does not say I would not do that. That's not the kind of person I am. I couldn't possibly do that. Those are all things that are, um, you know, in, in my line of business considered protests as opposed to denials like that. I did not do this. Uh, I did not do what she to- what what she saw in the media. I did so. He's doing a little bit of that, but also Chelsea. I think he's trying to victim blame, um, but he can't. Um, for one reason, he's controlled the media for so long, and you know, remember that we talked about him paying the Inquirer not to print stories about him uh, sexual assaulting women and he can't control the media anymore. And his lawyers have told him shush, like no matter what, no matter how badly you want to speak, which he really does. And he says, and I can't speak <laughs> um, His lawyers told him not to talk. So he can't control the media anymore. He sort of run out of that tool, but he's trying to victim blame. And he's, 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 holding back because if he were to blame some of these women and say that they're lying etc some of those well first of all he'd get rid of the confidentiality clauses and those settlement agreements that he's already signed and not only those women can then open up and talk about whatever whatever they can you know talk about and say but also um, you know he's in breach of the agreement in general and, and they could collect damages and sue him well, for breach. Well he is being sued for defamation by three women right. who came forward with stories and then who he essentially Right. and this would be, and this would not only be a new suit for defamation, possibly, but also, um, you know, it would it would get get things out of the bag that he probably wants to leave in the bag, and um, and then he's also in violation of the confidentiality, which is just a huge um, concession in a in a settlement agreement of this kind. So, anyway, moving on. All right. <laughs> Well, one last interesting bit about the the Cosby ordeal is that
2: it is inspiring changes in the law, at least in the state of Nevada now. As of yesterday, the governor signed mm. into law a new bill that would extend the statute of limitations for rape charges from four years, which is one of the most the most shortest, the Mm -hmm. shortest in the country Mm -hmm. to uh, 20 years. So that's a bit of time. It was inspired by Lisa Lottie Lublin, who um, testified in front of the Nevada Nevada legislature about her experience in 1989 of being uh, raped by Bill Cosby. Uh, So similar bills are being considered in Florida, Ohio, and Oregon. So perhaps if some good came of this, it is that. Although, I don't know if just extending the statute of limitations is going to help convict people because, as is, these rape charges are incredibly difficult to prosecute. And do you think, as a defense attorney, that it's going to be... Uh, Possible to bring uh, a conviction when a claim
1: is you know so twenty years old? It's difficult because you you know a lot of this is a lot of this is he said she said. You don't have physical evidence this many years later, and uh, if you're going to go look for other witnesses who may um, help the defense um, or even help the prosecution um, support their victims' allegations, um, those you know some of those victims may be dead. Some of them may not be. You know you can't locate them. There's all kinds of evidentiary problems. I think with these types of cases when they're so old and that's why we do have statutes of limitations so that the person doesn't get blindsided into having to defend a situation that they can no longer defend Um, but I also think, I wonder whether these, uh, the bill that you just talked about in Nevada and and the like in other states is retroactive and whether is it just a response going forward or is it going to apply to this particular woman's... I doubt it will
2: go go backwards but I hope it doesn't give women a false sense of security that Mm -hmm. they can wait a long time and that they should they should, as soon as
1: they most comfortably can go forward. Well, a lot of these women didn't wait, but I think the climate um, back in the day with with Hollywood and who Bill Cosby was, um, he had so much control and power and then his lawyer Marty Singer, uh, you know, I think a lot of these women were shut down. They were not believed. They were told to shut up. If they want to keep their job, they're not going to go after Bill Cosby. So a lot of them, I think, had that issue to deal with as well. But anyway, I'm sure Uh Mr. Cosby will come up very soon in one of our upcoming editions of Justice is Served. I'm sure too.
2: All right, so now a follow-up to the Freddie Gray story. The uh, grand jury has come back with charges against all six officers that state uh, attorney Marilyn Mosby had Mm -hmm. originally charged um, for their uh, role in Freddie Gray's arrest and subsequent death. To me, the uh, the charges that the grand jury came back with mm-hmm. were strikingly similar, so that validated um, Mosby's charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the charges were reduced, Um, A couple of them had false imprisonment charges dropped. Mm -hmm. All of them were additionally charged with reckless endangerment, and that's probably Mm -hmm. for the fact that they didn't get him help when he asked for it and when it became obvious that he needed it. Mm-hmm. But Mosby didn't seem concerned about the change in the charges. She said new evidence had come
1: forward. And as they should, the charges were sort of amended yeah, and the changed. The false imprisonment was such a, a small thing compared yeah. to what, you know, these are homicide and assault charges, which are far greater than, you know, false imprisonment, So It's really not a big deal. So no surprises impact. for you about the actions of the grand juries or the charges that they brought? I think I'm not surprised that they came back with uh, with an indictment. Um, I, I, I. Yeah, I'm definitely not surprised, but I think that, um, it's a big deal when you get a grand jury to agree and deliver an indictment. It's, it's pretty much a milestone in a case specifically where this prosecutor was, um, attacked for filing a complaint. You know, when, when a prosecutor files a complaint, they're assessing the evidence, and they're making a decision that there's enough probable cause that this person committed the crime, and that, that the crime was committed, to go forward to trial. And with the with the uh, indictment by a grand jury, you now have a neutral body. And although they're led by the prosecutor who's playing the role of a defense attorney and a prosecutor, you you now have an independent body that decides whether there's enough evidence to charge these people. So now it's almost like, you know, Mosby's like, hey, you thought I'm being biased? And conflicts of interest that we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, obviously are sort of null and void at this point since a grand jury has been the one to bring these charges. Yeah, I think it just supports, it just makes Mosby's case a lot stronger to proceed with an indictment, you know, even if it does end up going to a different prosecutorial agency. Right, so stay tuned.
2: Arraignment is July 2nd. All right, and then, um, geez, this story, I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. It is so disturbing. Uh, the, the, the D.C. murders of, um, of this family here um, just about two weeks ago, apparently they were bound and um, killed over the course of hours. It includes a husband, his wife, their 10-year-old son, and um, their housekeeper. Um, apparently... Um, for money. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, a suspect has been arrested. His name is Darren Wint. Uh, he's been um, charged um, with the murder of Savas, or at least at this point, just arrested. I'm not sure if the charges have come out, but Savas Savopoulos. He has been charged Amy. with murder, okay. um, but there might be additional charges. Right. Their son, Philip and their housekeeper, Veralicia Figueroa. He apparently, Darren went, uh, worked for the company that the husband owned, American, uh, ironworks. Uh, but that was apparently years ago. So they're not sure what the relationship was more recently. Um, the, the smoking gun is sort of interesting. In this case, Mm -hmm. it is a pizza crust that apparently has his uh, DNA on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of Wentz Pryor's attorney uh, has said that is not him. That is not his (laughs) DNA on the pizza. Doesn't even eat pizza. That pizza was delivered outside of the home. The murder's
1: occurred well i think he's also saying even if it is his dna on the pizza uh, that doesn't mean he went in and did these these crimes um uh, you know how's that he's such a gentle nice guy he would never do something like this again that's a protest (laughs) but but he's his lawyer so
2: yeah and and uh you know darren wendt um has been arrested before in 2005 uh, his own family filed a restraining order against him. 2006, he was charged with second-degree assault. Same with 2009, second degree assault and a fourth degree sex offense. 2009, convicted of second degree assault. 2010, charged with burglary and property destruction. And despite his uh, attorney trying to point out that most of the times he was charged with something, he had always pled guilty to something much, much less, like Mm -hmm. an open container, um, it still doesn't stop his family members from describing him as somebody who's hostile, arrogant, who doesn't listen and thinks... He knows the law. Mm-hmm. Um, really sad, scary, scary. I mm-hmm. mean, this is like the subject of my worst nightmares. Um, do you think that the evidence and, and motive in this case is strong enough to get a conviction?
1: Yeah. I. Um, so let me just real quick touch upon the crimes that you were mentioning because he hasn't been. I don't think he's been arraigned yet, but he w- is booked on um, first degree murder with no bail. I mean, I think there's a lot of things going on here that ultimately he's going to be charged with once the investigation is complete. I mean, arson, for one, because he burned um, the family of four. The two daughters were away at b- boarding school, thank God. But the husband and wife, the 10-year-old son, who was also, uh, apparently, according to the evidence, was also tortured before he was killed. And then one of the two housekeepers who was present. Um, so there's arson. Uh, you know, the, the home was set ablaze by way of a mattress. Um, it's a home invasion robbery, and it's a kidnapping for sure. The guy was in there for 18 hours and like you said the the longer um, the suspect stays at a crime scene uh, it, it just tends to show that they're comfortable with that home um it's not you know usually when uh it's it's, it's a home that they're just hitting up for the first time they're in and out of there they're not going to stay there and order pizza um so this guy was there for several hours they think about 18 hours um he uh you know there's evidence of torture on the 10 year old and then of course murder so i think the charges are definitely gonna they're gonna go up on this guy but it's um it is a horrific situation, and even though I think the motive is not yet very clear, it definitely seems to be revolving around money, because during the time that the, this family was held hostage, um, the, the perpetrators, and I think it's pretty clear that there's more than one, I think it's more than just Wint, again, because, um, uh, just the nature and the complexity of the crime seems to be like there's more people involved. And usually what happens is the person doesn't tell their cohorts, hey, this is what we're going to do. The person knows what he wants to do, but he makes it sound like it's a quick in and out because otherwise he's going to lose these uh, teammates, right, that he's getting together. So... Um, there's evidence that when these people were in there, they were having the family send these text messages to one another and to the maid telling her not to come in, telling the other maid's husband, you know, when he's ringing the doorbell that, you know, sorry, your wife is at the hospital with my wife. I mean, there was a lot of coaching um, with the text messaging going on. And then there was also a lot of communications and phone calls between Mr. Savopoulos and his assistants and his bankers and his accountants about money and at some point that night the first night when they the the home invasion robbery occurs forty thousand dollars gets dropped off to this home and that's gone and the next day when the police show up so um ten thousand dollars cash is found on wint when he's arrested but uh most of this money is gone and so the evidence to me here is really interesting with this dna on the pizza crust chelsea because um kidnappers know that they're facing life in prison And so what they often tend to do is destroy the evidence, and a lot of times that means burning the evidence. But but the problem with burning the evidence, including this family's Porsche that they took like 13 miles away, is that it never fully, completely burns. There's incomplete burning, and in this case... There was a pizza crust left behind that didn't burn that still has his DNA. So it's, uh, yeah, there's also surveillance, but they're not sure, right? If it's him on the surveillance. It's very, very grainy. You can't make out the face hardly at all. Right. So I, I just, you know, it's, it's an incomplete arson that basically has linked him to this home. And, and clearly he's worked for the company. There's other circumstantial evidence about his connection. Um, and, um, and and it, to me, it'll also be interesting to find out who else may have been involved, um, because definitely there's more than went in this case. Yeah. So um, anyway, it's, it's it's a tragic story, and I think that it um, it's going to end up probably at trial, and we're going to be following it for our viewers.
2: Oh, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to that, but we will. All right, and finally, for tipping the scale.
1: All right, so. Um, A million New York residents will be let off the hook uh, for petty crimes, leading to outstanding warrants. And um, our question today for our viewers is should we follow their lead here in California? Um, Uh, So, did they decide to do it already, or they were just considering it? I think it's being considered, you know, And, and if, and if, and if. It does end up going that way because I think it might. Um, should California also consider doing the same thing? Um, so in, in, in summary, um, New York City Police Commissioner, um, uh, Bill Bratton proposed this amnesty or immunity to 1.2 million low level offenders. These are people that were, that had old warrants for failing to show up in court on Traffic tickets on, you know, being drunk in public, being disorderly. disorderly conduct, turning their music up too loud, things of that sort, which, you know, can very well be misdemeanors here. And, um, and, and he's saying, you know what, court is overloaded with, uh, you know, we have a backlog on these old warrants. Warrants die with you. They're never going to go away. So let's just forgive these people. Let's just get rid of them. It's the right thing to do. And the statistics that support this is that 40% of the people that are cited don't show up to court um, they just don't they either forget they they think it might go away and it never does and so the issue Chelsea is how can you draw the line how do you decide whether something's minor enough to be included in this blanket immunity and or or not I mean what, what are your thoughts on I, well, I don't know how feasible it is, but it would be great if they could
2: go back through and see the subsequent records of these people. Did did the this small disorderly conduct thing end up turning into thing. a robbery some you know years later? And then maybe you can use that disorderly conduct mm-hmm. uh, when you're figuring out how to punish the guy right. for robbery. But somebody who was drunk in public once and then never had an issue with the law again, just let it go. I understand the argument that people are like, well, if you commit a crime, you need to pay for accountable. it. Well, but it just doesn't take into account the, the whole context of how much money and resources is being drained um, by the courts, in jails. I mean, it's unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the fact that Bill Bratton is the one proposing this mm-hmm. says that the system really needs this because he's been a huge advocate of this broken window policing
0: mm-hmm. that has
2: caused the police to be very, very strict about very minor-seeming things. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of saying, perhaps we went too far um, and we got ourselves in, in over our heads with, with how many people were affected by this and they don't even really know that this policing method was what caused crime rates to go down. It's thought that maybe the unemployment rate had something to do with it. It's also believed, if you read in the book Freakonomics, that the fact that Roe v. Wade had been passed in 1973 by the time this, the, the crime statistics went down, it's because a lot of the people who would have been born to commit
1: these crimes mm-hmm. were
2: never born. So I, I, I think it's well, a little bit Well, I think what, what a, also
1: um, sort of raise this concern over the broken window policing was the Eric Garner chokehold where he was detained for selling loose cigarettes. I mean, how petty can that, that offense be? I mean, can't be more petty than that. And, uh, you know, then the, the statistic in response to Bratton's, um, Broken window policing, uh, policies been that 81% of the 7.3 million people that are hit with these violations tend to be black and Hispanic. This was a study done between 2001 and 2013. So over a 13 year span. So Bratton's saying, I think that they just took my, my, uh, policy and they overzealously enforced it. And I'm kind of retracting it and saying, okay, let's just, let's just let go of some of this stuff. Yeah. Right. So the question is, is it fair to forgive offenders based on the offense and the nature of the offense? Or are you the view that breaking the law requires showing up to court and being held accountable no matter what the offense, right? So please tweet me at Azari Law and Chelsea? At Chelsea Galicia. All right. All right. And that brings us to the close of today's edition of Justice is Served. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. We'd love to hear from you during the course of the week. Um, so keep the dialogue going. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube. Click like and post your comments and we will make sure to read them and respond to you. And we will see you next week right here on Justice is Served. Bye-bye.